Welcome to And Justice for All, the official podcast of Roosevelt University, exploring the relationship between education and justice and the transformative power of inclusive education. Hosted by Roosevelt University President Ali Malekzadeh. During commencement, it takes just seconds for each Roosevelt graduate to cross the auditorium theater stage and receive their diploma. But the ceremony is an opportunity to celebrate all that came before, the years of hard work, sacrifice, and dedication that led to their degree. Recently, I spoke with Dalal El Barbarawi, one of Roosevelt's most recent graduates, and the fall 2019 commencement speaker. To say Dalal stayed busy at Roosevelt is an understatement. As a student, she conducted cancer research, volunteered at a medical center, tutored her peers, created two campus organizations, and translated documents for refugees. On top of all of this, she excelled in her studies with a perfect 4.0 GPA. Hear what Dalal has to say about motivation and creating your own opportunities. All right, Dalal, let's chat. Let's chat. Okay. Uh, Tell us about yourself, your background, what brought you to Roosevelt University, and all those great things. Yes, so um, my heritage, I'm Palestinian. Both of my parents were actually born and raised in a little village in Palestine called Halhul. My father migrated to the States first, and uh, when he was here, you know, he attended University of Chicago. He was taught for an exchange student at his class. And, you know, life happened. Later on, my parents got married, and then there's the story of us. (laughs) So I grew up in the northwest suburbs of Chicago, Uh, Growing up, I always aspired to be a diplomat just because when you're Palestinian, you just grow up knowing that you have to be an activist because your struggle to be heard, your people struggle to exist, and you just struggle with the erasure of your history. So you know that growing up, you have to make people know that you're Palestinian for people to know what Palestine is really. And um, I was just really inspired by the stories of my mom and my dad and most of my family who still lives in Palestine. And really, I grew up and I just knew that I wanted to make a change. I wanted to be the change that I wanted to see. And going about that route, I, I just felt really defeated because I felt like, you know, of course, in politics and in law, it takes centuries for you to see, you know, the effect of any advocacy that you do. So I decided that I wanted to go into medicine because in medicine, you see almost the automatic effect of what your help does to patients. When I was applying to colleges, I applied honestly to over 40 colleges. I was 40 ex- colleges? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I was accepted into all of them. But then I decided that, one, I wanted to stay in the States, and two, I wanted a smaller university that also represented my beliefs. When I came to Roosevelt for a tour, the faculty and staff were so welcoming. 
They were just so amazing and automatically that negative stigma that you get about college professors and whatnot was eliminated, like right just at that open house. And at that moment, I knew that this was going to be my college. Also, you mentioned that you've been admitted to about 40 different universities. Now, how much did the mission of Roosevelt University in social justice had to do with you choosing Roosevelt as the place to come? It was everything for me. I mean, when you're applying to different universities, you always expect this, you know, bureaucratic type of business and whatnot. And I was, I just really appreciated that Roosevelt seemed to really be true to their social justice mission. And that really manifested in all of my different activities and classes here on campus. I always saw um, the mission kind of just in real life, uh, which I really appreciated. Okay, well, obviously you have thrived here, and we'll come back to that, but I wanna go back to being a Palestinian American and living in the States, and you know, take us to your dinner table with your family as you're all sitting there and talking and eating food, and explain some of that to me. Yes, yeah, so definitely, Growing up Palestinian, there's always this type of sorrow because, I mean, I'm very close to my family in Palestine and they are the actual victims of this apartheid state. So sometimes they have to hike up mountains just to get clean water. And for days they may not have electricity. For nights they hear bombing in nearby villages, children shot in the street. It's it's a really sad situation. and. You know, at the dinner table, of course, we are always in remembrance of our family members in Palestine and all of those suffering in Palestine. But there's also this um, sense of optimism in that we know that we're blessed to be where we are today. And it really is up to us to make a change. And all of our family in Palestine is counting on us to, you know, be successful and show the world who Palestinians are. See, uh, part of it is the story you're telling is the story of America. Yes. Okay, that every immigrant group uh, throughout our history who came to the States had the same issues that you're talking about. And some of that is still going on. I agree. Okay. And it's how we make it work here and also how we help where our families grew up. So... You know, the story you're telling me is so inspiring about you and your dad. Of course, I've never heard of the University of Chicago. Is that a good school around here? Just kidding. Oh. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, but, you know, you came here and you've been successful. So walk me through your years that you've been at Roosevelt University and your involvement Yeah, so right off the bat, it was really an amazing experience. Um, My first semester here, I was taking a political science class that was Introduction to International Relations with Dr. Barrett, Uh who I love very much. (laughs) And from there, she actually got me to do like an independent study at the John Marshall Law School. At the law school, I was actually sitting in a class with like law students and at the International Human Rights Clinic where we were discussing different mechanisms to combat crises in the world, like in Syria and Venezuela and whatnot. 
And I was actually able to translate a lot of documents for Syrian refugees because of the Arabic language that I had. And it was just really inspiring and it, it really touched my heart. And after that, uh, Dr. Barrett and I and two other students got to go to uh, New York to attend a United Nations meeting with the American Bar Association where we were discussing the possibility of a convention for the rights of elderly aged persons. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Yeah. So that was the start. That was being just at the Roosevelt start. University. All right. <laughs> Walk me through the following years and so forth. Yeah, through the following years, of course, I was tutoring in the learning commons where I tutor in a number of subjects. Mm -hmm. So in the math sciences, and I also do writing. And I ended up changing my major to biochemistry from international studies, which was, it was great. Oh, it's a much easier, (laughs) much easier subject anyway. Yes, of course. (laughs) Totally. Now, uh, you changed your major from international studies to sciences. That's a dramatic change. Yes. Tell us why. So um, I was always really good at the sciences and and math, really without even trying. So um, my first semester here, I took physics just because I still wanted to have that um, experience with science classes. But I was on the route of still having my major as international relations. And... um, Really, throughout my major in international relations and throughout my activism and several events that I was involved in, I saw this constant defeat. Um, And of course, in politics, it may take a lifetime or centuries before you see, you know, a tangible change that you are working for. And a lot of people can live with that, but I was just not satisfied with it. I wanted to go into a career where I felt like I could make the change and I could see the change of and the effect of my work. So that's when I decided to go into um, the sciences in lieu of um, becoming a trauma surgeon and spending a good majority of my life in war-torn countries in the Middle East, just being the hands-on uh, responder to victims of bombings and whatnot. Uh, sounds fantastic. From there, I was involved in a lot of organizations on campus. So I founded Muslim Student Association here. I also was involved in One Voice, a Natural Science Club, and I also founded MedLife on campus. I was always like really uh, active in doing different like Palestinian teaching events or different diversity or cultural events, which was really nice. I also did a lot of research, so I was at the uh, Field Museum where I did research on a species of different mice from Africa and just trying to compose a phylogenetic tree of their relation to each other. I also did sociology research as part of the Honors College where I was looking at demographics of different areas in Chicago and how that affects the um, success of those schools in the greater Chicagoland area. And I am now currently uh, very involved with advanced prostate cancer with Dr. Long, who is a mentor here in the biology department. And really, in simple terms, not too sciencey terms, we're looking at the mechanism that drives castrate-resistant prostate cancer, which is advanced prostate cancer, past the point where radiation and other therapeutic methods have failed. And we have noticed that there is a new mechanism that mimics the t- 
targeted mechanism, and that's what allows the progression of this disease. Wow, you just walked me through a whole <laughs> array of research, global research on important topics. Yes. And of course, coming back to cancer and prostate cancer is significant for the population that we're looking at. And obviously, uh, I'm feeling that you're going to end up in medical school, perhaps? Yes, um, that is my goal. Okay. For a year and about like three months now, I've been working at a um, medical center in the southwest suburbs of Chicago. It's at like an underserved clinic where we see a lot of low-income and non-insured patients. And I've gotten so much experience there just with different things like drawing blood, giving vaccines, the regular day-to-day -day patient care, taking vitals and whatnot, but also interacting with patients and seeing where there is that gap between the provider and the patient and how there's a lot of miscommunication and that leads to, for example, patients not regularly taking their medicine or not knowing what the best course of treatment is. And um, it's just been really amazing to be able to be that middle person who provides that extra explanation that the doctor doesn't have time to do, of which the patients really appreciate. And I just, every day I go home and I am just so happy and there's nothing else that I would rather be doing at the moment. Oh, that's awesome. Now, I did notice that your GPA was 4.0 out of 4.0. Yes, So I'm sure your parents <laughs> were asking you, honey, can't you do better? They are. You know, everyone in my family is used to it. I was valedictorian in eighth grade, in high school, and in college. I refuse to settle for anything less. Okay. Well, you know, you know that's dangerous, right? Yes. Somewhere along the line, somebody is going to say no. Yeah. And, but, you know, that's happened here at Roosevelt. I did uh -huh. have an instant where an instructor did tell me, hey, you know, you don't have to be such a perfectionist. Uh-huh. And I think I actually really appreciated that. That was, I think, my first like wake-up call. <laughs> and uh, after that moment, I was still able to get the grades that I got without putting so much stress and pressure on myself. Okay. Well, then it's healthy. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> and you know, tell me about a moment that you heard that you've been selected to be our commencement speaker. Yes. So I was actually driving home and. Um, Every single day for like a week, I kept refreshing my emails to see if I would get anything in there. And I don't know, I just had this gut feeling that I was going to be the commencement speaker, but I was like, I don't know, I can't be too sure. So when I finally got it, I just screamed in the car and then I called my sister, who's also a student here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was just very excited. I called my mom too, and I was just so happy. Well. Again, congratulations. That's quite an honor. Thank you. I'm glad obviously. to be have given the opportunity to represent my peers here at Roosevelt. Right. Okay, now give yourself an advice, okay? Uh, it's 10 years from now. You are now uh, a physician. You're doing trauma surgery yes. and all the things that you aspire to do. Yet you think back and you want to give advice to yourself just entering Roosevelt freshman class, what would that advice be? Honestly, that advice would be to take a break. You don't have to have a 4.0. <laughs> you know, I missed out on a lot of sleep and different activities that I would have liked to be involved in, even though I was involved in many things that I am thankful for. But I think just 
Now we're young as college students, and of course there's always that pressure that you want to be successful and you want to be the best at what you do, but you also have to live life. Life is such a precious thing and we don't know how long we're guaranteed, so. Dalal, there's a way we can actually fix this. Here's what we can do. You and I can agree and kind of surprise your parents, okay, who will come to commencement, is that we like Dalal so much that we're going to keep her here for another year. Okay. She's not going to take any classes. She's just going to, you know, stay on campus, enjoy going to class if she wants to, and, you know, rest and recreation and refresh. How's that? I love that idea. Okay. So, so why don't we do that? So we're after you give your that. commencement speech, <laughs> all right, I will then get to the podium and tell your parents that, you know, we need to keep her here for one more year. How's that? I, I love that idea. I was planning to do it either way. So. Okay, there we go. <laughs> well, that sounds absolutely great. And, you know, I have no doubt that you will be successful in your career, mainly because of your focus, your upbringing, your values, and all the things that also your professors taught you. So you mentioned one professor, of course. Yes. Okay. One of many. I've loved one of all many. my professors. Give, give me a list of uh, all the professors or at least a handful who really helped you along the way. Yeah, so um, Dr. Barrett, Dr. Long, uh -huh. Dr. Jameson, uh -huh. uh, Dr. Farmer. There's so many. Oh my gosh, I hope I'm not forgetting anyone. <laughs> All of my science teachers and my political science teachers. I honestly have had such an amazing experience. I can't complain about anyone. Dr. Downey, too. Okay. All right, and you know, let's go back to your experience as a student and you know when your classmates would understand or find out you were Palestinian American talk to me about their reaction how welcoming they were or they were not and some of that experience yes yeah, so I feel for the most part I mean the Roosevelt community is just so welcoming and so appreciative of other mm -hmm. cultures and mm -hmm non-judging and I really felt that it's it's really different than when you go out into the world the most difficult part was really getting the science students to you know because a lot of people don't know what Palestine is, is and they don't know about the conflict so I would always host different events and like force all the science students to come to them and learn about it and at first they were like oh I don't really have time but then they came and they were like super understanding and very respectful about wanting to know what the conflict is about and wanting to know what activism that they can do. Well, that's wonderful. And, you know, the reason we have uh, our mission being social justice is exactly that, that each of us, each of our students would feel comfortable here and make friends who are different. Yes. From their families, from who they are, from religion, from ethnicity, from race gender and so forth and it sounds like you have succeeded and also brought along many of your classmates yes so that they would be better educated and understand the wonderful diversity of our nation okay now is there a secret you would like to share with us that nobody knows about that maybe your parents shouldn't know about Oh, there are many, but I probably won't <laughs> say them here. <laughs> well, then don't. Then don't. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, <laughs> there are no secrets. There are no secrets. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to hear that. All right. Well, you know, I wish you a lot of success, and I'm sure you do extremely well in your career. And also on Friday when you have to give the speech to the graduating class, I think the whole audience will be interested to hear what you have to say. Thank you so much. Roosevelt is really important to me, and everyone who knows me knows how important it is to me. I mean, I'm dragging all my sisters to come here as well. <laughs> but yeah, it has been such an amazing past few years, and I could not have had it any other way. All right. So congratulations. Thank you so much. And good luck. Yeah. Thank you. And Justice for All is produced by Roosevelt University and is available at roosevelt.edu or anywhere you get your podcasts. The music for And Justice for All is written and produced by Jesse Case. Thanks for listening.